Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome to Believe in Miami Heat for another week. I'm your host, Joey Levin, and it is training camp week. Teams have begun to work out players in their small little groups. We are just, I'm recording this December 1st. That means we are 10 days away from preseason basketball for the 2020-2021 season. So today, Heat Nation, I am going to preview some of the storylines, some of the things I am looking forward to for your Miami Heat in this training camp it is unbelievable that we are so close to getting to see this Heat team that seems like just yesterday we were watching Jimmy Butler have one of the greatest NBA championship performances we have ever seen. Arguably the greatest performance in a, in a losing series in NBA Finals history. It seems like that literally was yesterday because it was only a few weeks ago that it happened. So now we are... 10 days away from getting to see this team back on the floor again. And I I hope you're as pumped as I am because I'm ready. I've been itching for some basketball. But before, but before I get to my training camp storylines, things I'm looking forward to seeing this week in camp and in the preseason games, because I think the, the preseason exhibition games, whatever you want to call them, I think that tells a lot of the story. That's also part of training camp. So I'm going to get into that too. But look, we're just we're so close to getting a chance to not only watch basketball to bet on basketball, right? We're December twenty second, right around the corner. Also, you know you got the NFL; they're limping into the finish line, but they're they're still there. NFL's still out there; it's all done. So, so, so the NFL games are still going on. They're limping down the stretch. Almost got basketball back, and you can be in on all of the action. NFL, even NBA. There's some NBA stuff to bet on before games too, with Bet Online. Look, I keep telling you every week, whether it's Tua, whether it's Fitzmagic, I'm keeping on this Dolphins bandwagon. It's probably because they've been playing really, really crappy teams. This weekend, minus 11 and a half against the Bengals with no Joey Burrow. I don't think I can, I don't think I can tell you to bet minus 11 and a half. I don't care who you're playing. That's a big number. I think for the first time, I'm going to stay away from it. But what I will ju- tell you to jump on is... Heat, bet online, they get NBA win totals for teams. Heat, 43 and a half. That means your Heat have to go in a 72 game season. They have to go 44 and 28. That's right. I did that math right there. 44 and 28. I believe that your Miami Heat can win 44 games this year. You can go ahead and bet it. From game spreads, totals, team, player, and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. There's always the online casino. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline. They're your online sportsbook experts. All right, so it is December 1st. That means training camps have technically begun. Teams can start working out in groups. Preseason games begin 10 days from this recording. And there's a few things I'm keeping an eye on for the for the Heat. There's a few things I'm keeping an eye on. Look, it is 
it's going to be an incredible year no matter what happens in training camp no matter what happens in the exhibition preseason games uh this is going to be obviously you know last season with the bubble and covid shutting everything down and having that long layoff that was a year like we'd never seen before boy if the nfl is any indication of how things are going to go when you have to play multiple games for a week and travel to multiple cities every few weeks uh Things are going to get real loopy in the NBA, and I'm here for it. We're going to see some guys playing basketball that you wouldn't have expected to play basketball. I'll probably talk about that here in a second. Uh, we're going to see going deep into benches. We're going to see some load management when you might not want load management. We're going to see some G League. I mean, it's going to be fun basketball, though. It'll be interesting to see every team how they cope with having to go through COVID protocols, having to go through the travel schedules and just everything. It's going to be a fascinating year. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. Uh, there's new rules. You got you get the bringing back the play in tournament. So four teams will have a chance to fight it out for the seven, eight seed. Your Miami, Heat won't have to worry about that. 72 game season. Like I mentioned off the top, it, it's just going to be fascinating. But for, for the heat, I got like four or five things that I'm keeping an eye on over this next 10 the next week to two weeks where we have preseason games and camp. First things first, I think is one of the is one of the more obvious ones is how do these how do the new guys fit in with this team? So you you, you basically you hear Pat Riley talk about all the time running it back. I really want to run it back, and that is, I think a lot of times that's in the context of the Giannis rumors and will Giannis be on Miami and this and that. You know, for the most part, the Heat are running it back, but. Jay Crowder, obviously the biggest offseason move or, you know, guy, a player gone from Miami is Jay Crowder. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. also gone. Derek Jones Jr., thank you for your service. Uh, Heat bring in Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless, and Precious Achua. Achua. So Avery Bradley, I think, is an easy one. for To me, of these three... It, it it's pretty obvious that Bradley will find a role within this rotation with this team very quickly because of the things that he does. First of all, he was one of the catalysts for the Lakers being one of the best defensive teams in the league last year in the regular season. Now, people forget about that really easily because he didn't play in the bubble. He opted out. But this is one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA and the Heat. Love Goran Dragic. Kendrick Nunn was very good. Tyler Hero is a very good player, and we'll talk about Tyler in a second, too. Outside of Jimmy, there really was not a guy who could hound the ball handler. So, and and at his size, Avery Bradley's a one-two combo guard type. You don't want him running the point for you all the time, but he can handle the ball. He can play the two. He can play, he can guard some threes. So, I think he fits from a not only from a culture perspective because everything you hear about the kid, and he is still relatively a kid, he's still pretty young, um, is that he's a hard worker, he's a hard nosed player, so he seems like the type of guy who's going to come in, and he's going to fit relatively perfectly, in fact, with Miami, almost better than Jay Crowder, because he can play multiple positions. Now Jay was a was a played that stretch four role that became so important to move be able to move Bam to the five and gave the heat a little more flexibility and a little bit of shooting, but Avery Bradley's a 36% career three point shooter. He can really shoot the ball. 
catch and shoots, corner threes in particular from what I've seen when I've watched him. Uh, he can handle the ball a little bit. He can play off the ball. He can play on the ball. So you can play him in, in any number of ways. Like you can play him. You, you, you're probably, you're probably not starting him. Probably, it, it, we'll, we'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But I, I mean, if you want to start him with Goron and Jimmy, you can. You probably sacrificing some shooting. Um, you know, if you want to bring him off the bench and start Jimmy and Duncan, which is probably more likely because that's how it was last year. Uh, you, that works too. And he can come in as Jimmy's backup. He can come in as Goron's backup. If Tyler is the backup for Goron as, as he was in the playoffs, then Avery's the two. If Tyler goes, is playing more of his natural position of the two, then Avery can be the one. He can also come in and spell Duncan Robinson and play with Jimmy. I mean, there's there's tons of options. This is a he's a sort of a Swiss Army knife player. You just put him in because of how good he is. He's a little Marcus Smartish to me. I don't think he's as good as Marcus Smart. So that's not what I'm saying. But I think in that role, right, where you can kind of put him where you need to because of the type of you know junkyard dog type of player he is. So I think he he's going to fit perfectly. It'll be interesting to see where they how they fit him in and where he sort of finds his comfort zone within the, the roster. Mo Harkless is a little more interesting uh, because when you look at him, he's not he's not as big, like bulky as Jay Crowder, but he's he's same height. You know, he's around six, seven ish. Uh, and he's sort of like a three, four, like he, he's, I think he was drafted to be a three, but his skill set offensively leans more towards being like a stretch four. shoots shot 35% from three last year. And that went down substantially when he went to the Knicks, he actually was a 37% three point shooter, uh, when he was with, uh, when he was with the Clippers before he was moved to the Knicks the guys, 26 years old. He's a, he was the 15th pick in the draft. He's been around for a while and he gets moved. And I think that's because teams see the potential. I personally, I think in the long run, he could end up being an upgrade from Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was great in that bubble stretch. And he was really good for the heat from the time when they traded for him in the Andre Godala trade that ended up being the Jay Crowder trade. But from a potential standpoint and, I think he fits in the same role. So again, I think this is a guy that if you go into next season saying we want to start the season the way we finish the season in terms of a lineup, you could start Mo Harkless at the four next to Bam Adebayo. I don't think that would be a problem. I think he fits. Now, if you want to go more, if the Heat wanted to go more of a traditional lineup like they did earlier in there where Myers Leonard was the starting five. Now that you have precious who we'll talk about in a second, uh, now that you have precious as a backup, uh, you know, you could bump Mo back down he could be a backup three. I think he'll probably rotate to where he's needed. He could be Jimmy's backup or Jimmy and Duncan's backup at the three. He can be, the stretch four. I, I I could I could honestly see this kid coming into camp. He's another defensive minded, hard nosed type of player. He played a, a big role for the Blazers a few years ago. I could see him working his way into being the starting four at the beginning of the year for the Miami Heat, and just trying to stick with that same type of 
smaller line, not I guess smaller lineup you could say with Bam as the five because they were so good. That lineup was so good, and in today's NBA, it's hard to play and and really go deep with three what you would consider non-shooters on the floor. Now, Myers Leonard's a decent shooter. I'll give him that. Uh, but Bam is a non-shooter, and Jimmy can shoot but doesn't shoot and is not really considered a shooter. You know, even Goron's not considered necessarily a shooter, but he is a he can shoot. And then obviously I have Duncan. So I think when you when you go smaller and you bring in a guy like Mo, who who knows Myers Leonard might actually be a better three point shooter than Mo. Now that I'm talking myself into it, but when you go smaller, the way Jay was shooting the ball last year for Miami, that's more of the way the league is now. More athletic, smaller, more athletic defensively, switch everything type of teams with more shooting on the floor so that Jimmy and Bam can do what they do best, which in a lot of respects is setting up for others and scoring when they need to. But I do think I'll be really fascinated to see how Mo fits in because losing Jay is a big deal in a, in a vacuum because of what he contributed in the playoffs. But in the bigger, in the grander scheme of things, I think Mo is a guy who can fit in and potentially be around for a while. Cause this is a guy who, if he, works i i don't know what his work ethic i I, this is one thing i've never really known you know when i worked in the league for five or six years i always heard about avery bradley i always heard the things that about mo is still pretty young i've been out i haven't been around in the league for about four about five years now i never really heard much about mo he was in the league but i always heard about avery bradley hard hard nosed guy even when we were looking at him in the draft uh so mo you know we talked to james posey on here we talked to Tony Fiorentino on here and they, and, and everybody kind of knows it, but you know, heat the heat, that process and that situation is not for everybody. I would also, I would imagine that the heat did their homework on these guys. So they, they, they probably wouldn't generally bring in a guy that they don't think can handle it. But Dion waiters was once on the team. Hassan Whiteside was once on the team. James Jones was once on the team. So who knows with a guy, how they're going to fit and how they're going to mesh with the, but the way he plays strikes me as a guy who can probably work his way into playing a lot of minutes for this team. And at 26 years old, he's entering his athletic prime. He, yeah, I think potentially he could be really good for Miami. Uh, and then there's precious. So the biggest thing I, I, that I'm looking at with precious is, is he ready to play? You know, and I think the consensus from, you know, we talked to guys like, uh, like, like Tani last, the a couple weeks ago after we were when we were reacting to the draft and what people say is and even Pat Riley I think said in his press conference look he's going to be able to play now like defensively and athletically he can play now he still has developing to do offensively so that so really it 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 comes down to how many minutes do they do we see precious being able to play for Miami this year is he a guy that's going to come in and be a full-time backup at the four or the five? You know, is he Bam's backup? Is he mini? Is he the, is he another version of Bam? Like people want him to be, uh, can he play with Bam? Like Riley said, potentially, can you play the two of them together in a lineup with more shooting and let them just be a, a an absurd, you know, back line on the defense? Uh, I, I will be interested to see from what I've seen of him, 
physically, athletically, uh, in the tape I've watched since the draft, I don't see any scenario where this kid can't play solid minutes, at least, you know, in stretches uh, defensively for Miami. He's going to play hard. He's going to play with energy and he's going to be fun. And I, and I would, whether it works or not, I would love to see at least in preseason, some precious bam, Ooh, precious bam to see some precious bam lineups just to, just to see if they can like, really wreak havoc defensively on some teams because that that'll be fun and you're not gonna you probably with with you add avery bradley and jimmy butler into that mix um you're probably not going to see a harder working defensive unit on many teams avery bradley jimmy butler if you (laughs) avery bradley jimmy butler mo harkless precious and bam would be something pretty fun to watch if you like defense how they're going to score the ball that would remain to be seen, but the other team ain't scoring a lot of points either. So that would be an interesting rotation to see if that ever happens. But more importantly, it's just how quickly can precious contribute as a backup big, because really, you know, as great as, as good as Myers Leonard was in stretches when he was a starter and Kelly Olenek's okay off the bench, you really need, help on that front line, particularly defensively. So it'll be important to see if he can step in right away and play that role. And we'll learn a lot about that over the next week when reports start coming out of camp and when we start seeing preseason games. So that's, you know, I, I like those, I, I like those moves though. I, I think that he got better. I've, I've said it a few times. I think you're looking at those three guys, you bring in a, you lose Jay Crack. Derek Jones Jr. is fine, was fine, but he's not, he wasn't going to play. And now you bring in three guys, Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless, and Precious, who are all probably going to play. And bodies matter this year. Like, you know, in a year with, with COVID and the testing and all this stuff, the deeper you could be, the better. You're likely going to see all these guys play a lot of minutes. There's 15 guaranteed contracts on the roster already. The only guy who I can't, I don't anticipate playing many minutes if any at all, is Udonis Haslam. But everybody else on the roster, I, I don't see us, even Casey Okpala, I, I don't see a scenario where he probably doesn't at least play a little bit in a short turnaround and the potential of guys being testing positive and not being able to play for this amount of time or that amount of time. You're going to see everybody. So it, it, it'll be, Casey is actually another guy, him and Chris Silva, to see what their development is in camp too uh, will be interesting but more so these guys because I think these guys will be guys, Avery, Mo, and Precious, that is, that'll be expected to play early and, and often. My next thing that I'm t- keeping an eye on is, is Tyler Hero. It's his, is from the playoffs to the offseason to now in such a quick turnaround, can he or is he already the guy that we saw in the playoffs. And what I mean by that is he averaged 16 a game, shot 38 points from three, scored double figures in every game. He had, he essentially became the backup point guard uh, and even started at, you know, started when Goran was hurt. But there was this progression from even the bubble to the playoffs with Tyler that I saw where the game clearly must have, it, it just, it seemed like it slowed down for him in a way that you generally don't see on the back half of a rookie year. 
You know, he usually hit that wall, but obviously there was the stoppage and this and that. But he became a different kind of guy, and I think it it, it could have even changed the Heat's plans. I, I, I don't know if the Heat necessarily knew what they had in this kid based on what you saw in the playoffs. Like He went from a guy who you're like, you drafted him in the late lottery. You're like, okay, you know, maybe he, he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a good shooter. He's got confidence, this and that. And then in the playoffs, you're watching a guy and you're like, damn, I mean, this guy, this guy's an all-star, future all-star. This guy's potentially like a franchise player type, uh, you know, getting compared to Devin Booker with the Kentucky connection and the late lottery connection. I mean, you're looking at this kid and you're like, wait, uh, you know, we got Jimmy, who's our franchise now. We got Bam, who's our franchise later. And you're always looking for that second star, that third star. And then you're in the playoffs, you're looking at Tyler Hero and you're saying, well, wait, no, maybe we have our, maybe we have that guy in Tyler Hero. But the question now is, what I'm what I'm looking at in training camp and in the preseason, early even in the regular season, is is this is this Tyler Hero? Like, is that is he? Not that he can't be that what he was, you know, but because he's 20 years old. He's not even remotely hit where he is going to be. But has he actually already made that leap or or is there a is there a wall coming, right? This this leap that he made was in the bubble. Same court, same courts every day, same atmosphere every day. Um not a lot of distractions. Things were a lot, you know, that team came together in a big way in the bubble. Uh, and I think that probably helped Tyler Hero, a 20-year-old kid who's played one year in college and before that was playing AAU tournaments where you were with your team and playing on the same court all the time and all that. Probably played AAU tournaments in Orlando in that same environment. So now a full season, short turnaround. Has he added anything to his game? Has he had time to add anything to his game? We know there was the pictures and the videos of him working out almost as, me, almost as soon as the season ended. Uh, can he keep it going? Because, you know, regardless of what happens in 2021, will they, will they, won't they, will they get another star? Won't they get another star? This year, the Heat enter the season with a legitimate shot to go back to the NBA finals. And if they stay healthy, win an NBA championship, they have a legitimate chance. But Tyler Hero is going to have to be the same Tyler Hero that we saw in the playoffs to for the Heat to have that chance. Is he going to be that guy in a full season with travel, with distractions, with protocol, being Tyler Hero now? Like, he ain't just, oh, the kid that they drive. No, no, no. Now he's Tyler Hero. Now he's the face of the vice versa jersey that he's the big picture in the tweet when they tweet out the new vice versa jerseys. He's that guy now. People love him now. Uh, he's the guy who they're tweeting pictures of him with his shirt off so you could see the the, the, the tattoos and He's the guy with his, with the smirk on his face, on his own T-shirt and the Instagram model pictures and all that stuff, right? So, is he going to be the same guy? It's a big deal to see how he. So he seems like the type of kid who relishes this type of spotlight, who you know has that type of confidence. Can he keep it going? Was it a bubble thing? Will he progress even further in his second season? It's going to be a huge storyline, and I'll be interested to see, especially come December 11th when we start seeing these preseason games, where is he at in his progression just from a couple months ago, and can he keep it going? I think he can, but he's 20, so who knows? 
And I think that'll be a big factor in what type of move the Heat make next year. So a lot of stuff, you know, for a 20-year-old kid. But the way he played in the playoffs, you have to, that's a situation you have to monitor because, God, he looked like he looked like a potential franchise type of guard. He was that good in the playoffs. Uh, and then, so as I look at training camp, the, and this one's also a you know training camp slash preseason story, or you know storyline. But I always you got to always wonder when you enter training camp, can and, and and again in a season like this where COVID. You never know how many guys are going to be called up and brought down. And what if three or four guys test positive and are out for a week and you got to bring guys in. So these next group of guys, and I'm not going to, and and here's the thing, I'm not going to like sit here and act like I'm an expert on any of the names I'm about to tell you because I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not. But can Pat Riley and Chet Kammerer and, Andy, Big Andy, and the whole crew, can they find another Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Derek Jones Jr.? Can they find another undrafted gem in tra- in training camp? Uh, as of right now, as of this recording, the Heat have 15 guaranteed contracts. It's mainly the guys you know, um, including, and then that includes Chris Silva and, and KZ and Udonis Haslam and then the rest of the guys. And they have, and you can have 20 guys on your training camp roster. So they have four guys right now. Uh, Gabe Vincent being one of them who was around a little bit last year, uh, even played in nine games last year. Uh, he's a, uh, a point guard. So that'll be interesting. I, you know, there's a lot of depth at the position. He shot 22% in the games that he did play from three on three attempts a game. Not great. Um, so, but he, you know, he comes to camp, he gets a little more experience. Maybe we'll see with him, but now with, you know, with Goron back and Tyler getting all those reps at, at the point and Kendrick Nunn is still around and now Avery Bradley can run the point and Jimmy's really one of your point guards when you really think about it, the way he plays the game. So I don't know, you'd probably have to have a lot of uh, attrition at the position for a guy like Gabe Vincent to make his way and play a ton, but, but he's back. We'll see what happens with him. The two guys that were, or the three guys that were not around last year, uh, just yesterday, the Heat signed Max Struess to a training camp deal. Uh, he was uh, now. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Six six, undrafted small forward. Started his career at Lewis University. Never even heard of it. Transferred to a D one school, DePaul. Averaged twenty a game. Shot thirty six percent from three. 6'6", undrafted small forward, played at a small school, went D1, went undrafted. Sounds like Duncan Robinson. Now, I'm not trying to say that this guy's Duncan Robinson, but, but, you know, there's parallels. Max Struess played two games for the Bulls last season. Uh, I don't remember seeing him play. I don't even remember seeing him play in college. But, hey, he shot 36% from three in his final year at DePaul, he's a six-six small forward. You can never have, you can never take a chance on too many shooters and scorers. So, you, you you found the kid. You found Duncan. Turned out pretty well. So you take another chance on another kid like this. We'll see what happens. 
the next guy, who I guess is would be technically the 18th spot. Uh, Bree, I, I I don't know. I hope I'm saying these next two names right, but this kid's name, his first name is Brian, B R E E I N, Tyree. Uh, another obviously undrafted. Um. Played at Ole Miss all four years. This past year, in his senior year, he was voted by the coaches in the SEC All-SEC first team and second team by the media. I trust the coaches. Even being in the media, I trust the coaches. So the coaches say he was All-SEC first team, I believe them. Averaged 20 a game last year, also shot 36% from three. He's a guard, a 6'2 guard. So, I mean, I'm assuming probably a point guard. Uh, again, you know, he, I think he's on an exhibit 10 deal, which means, you know, he comes to camp and then if he doesn't make the roster, he gets a bonus to play for the G League team. So, the guy will be in the G League probably for the Heat, but you never know. Again, in a year like this with COVID and blah, blah, you never know. You just don't. You, guy could, you could see this kid playing at some point. But average 20 a game in the SEC, shot 36%, was named All-SEC first team. It, that's high-level basketball. I'm sure he's small, and I'm sure he's not super, super athletic, and that's probably why he got passed over. Four-year guys generally do with that kind of with that size, uh, especially if he's a two-yard. But worth a shot. Why not? And then... Tech, the technically 19th guy on the roster or whatever order you want to put these guys would be Paul Ibois. Paul Ibois is what I was what I was told and what I saw. I, I think that's right. Paul Ibois is a he's a, a Cameroonian player played in the top league in Italy. Went undrafted. He's 20 years old. This is the guy. I actually when I was reading about him and when I saw that the heat sign him. I actually went and watched some of his tape, you know, some of the, like those breakdowns on YouTube, nothing special, but, uh, I would, I wouldn't be shocked to see this kid playing in a heat Jersey at some point. He is six, eight. He right now is more of a four than a three, but he has a larger wingspan than bam, precious and Mo Harkless. And he is just an absolute, freak he he gets up and down the floor he can jump i mean he runs the rim he can defend he does a lot of really good things uh i would imagine he goes undrafted because he didn't put up big numbers in the italian league which a lot of times these 20 year old prospects when they're playing in the top division in europe they don't Sometimes they don't get a ton of minutes. Coaches just hide them. They don't want to give them a, a ton of minutes because they don't want them to leave. Uh, and sometimes they're just not ready. They're playing against grown men. He's also pretty raw. I mean, he he is a six eight four right now. You're not going to give it to him, and he's not breaking guys down off the dribble. Uh, he's not doing. But he but he's he, he looked like he had a decent catch and shoot jumper, like maybe the trail jumper or corner threes. Uh, but really, it. it Ultimately, like, you know, if there becomes an issue this year, or even if he just comes out in training camp and blows everyone away, Paul Ibois, um, you know, he fills that that role in the front court, long, athletic, defensive, at, like, just freak athlete 
big that could potentially come in and play some minutes at some point. Again, none of these guys are going to play right away because the Heat already have 15 guaranteed contracts, but they could all be in the G League and they could all come up at some point or another. And you never know if when there's if a trade happens or one of these guys has to come up because they traded more players than they got back and now one of these guys comes up. You just never know. So, but I this, this guy Paul Bois was, you know, check him out. He's pretty interesting. I'll be interested to see again uh, if he gets minutes in the preseason, he probably won't, but it, see if what the reports come out of training camp, if the Heat are, at, are impressed by him because he's, at least from the eye test and just looking at his looking at him as an athlete, he's really intriguing uh, to see potentially in a Heat uniform at some point. So, you know, those are the main things I'm, I'm keeping an eye on, right? The new guys, how they fit in. The, the rotations, Tyler Hero, what is his progression? And, you know, can, particularly in training camp, can we, can, can there, will there be another, there's really not space for it right now, but will there, could there be another Duncan or a Kendrick or a Derek Jones or what have you? Chris Silva, you know, one of these guys. I'm also interested in the continuity that we saw from this team in the bubble. And it's almost like more of a macro level of the Tyler Hero thing, but five seeds don't go to the NBA Finals. It really just doesn't happen. Uh, and we saw this team come together in the bubble. It was sort of an incredible, it was one of the most incredible runs that we've seen in a long time in the NBA and certainly in franchise history. Uh, but again, it was like one of those things where you felt it when they went there, you're like, yeah, this is the type of scenario that's perfect for this Jimmy Butler-led Miami Heat culture team. Does this continuity carry over into the regular season, into training camp, into the preseason, into the regular season? I think preseason games, they won't tell us a ton, but at least we'll get to see a little bit. Because I think looking around the East, you know, the, the, every team changed, at least at the top. So the Heat come in without fundamentally altering the roster. You have some changes. Jag leaves. Avery Bradley, Mohawkless, and Precious are in. But you look at every other team. You know, you got Milwaukee. You know, they, they had a ton of uh, changeover with Drew Holiday and DJ Augustine and Bobby Portis and so on, you know, the other guys. So how does that work? Are those the right guys to get Giannis back over the top? Celtics lose Gordon Hayward, bring in Tristan Thompson. Now Kemba, who didn't look good in the playoffs, is hurt. And he'll be out till January, which isn't that long after the season starts, but who we don't know what time, what, when in January. It, that's a huge hit to the Celtics, regardless of how he played in the playoffs, at least in the regular season, that's a huge hit. Brooklyn remains to be seen. Is Kyrie or is Katie totally healthy? Is Kyrie totally healthy? A lot of people think that it won't work either way because Kyrie is a nut job. We'll see. Philly, Horford gone. Josh Richardson gone. Danny Green in. Dwight Howard in. Seth Curry in. I, I personally think they got better, but Again, it takes time. It takes time in a shortened season with protocols and not a lot of training camp and not a lot of preseason. 
takes time to gel. The Heat come back as the defending Eastern Conference champions, basically with the same exact roster. The question is, is it the Heat team that we saw in the bubble that hit their stride at the perfect time? Or is it the Heat team that we saw during the regular season that was still figuring things out? Once we get back into, got to travel to this city, got to travel to that city, moving around, doing this and that, which Heat team do we see? Personally, I think I think we'll see some version of what we saw in the bubble, potentially better because now there's a there's a level of confidence that we had that they didn't probably even know they had other than Jimmy Butler. Probably a lot of guys on that team playing with Jimmy Butler for the first time, looking at him like, God damn, how does this guy? Why does this guy think he can win a championship? And now they're like, Oh, that's why he thinks he can win a championship because we just almost won a championship. So that that's the last thing I'm interested in. Will this? Will the continuity from the bubble can it and will it carry over to a regular season with regular travel with a regular situation where you're not in the same place on the same courts night in and night out when you're back into your own lives when you're around your family all the time when life starts to kick in a little more will the will things carry over because there's a lot of people there are people out there, we, you've seen the reports that said, oh, it's a fluke, it's a bubble, this and that. But I've also talked to people who say being in the championship and getting there in the bubble was one of the hardest things you'd ever have to do in the NBA because of being out of your comfort zone and this and that. So now back into reality, back into real life, will that, what we saw, that magical run in the playoffs, can that carry over into this season and help this team develop? Or Will there be an impact just being back to normal NBA life? That's the biggest thing that I'm actually keeping my eye on because really the rest of the team is pretty much the same. And I think only getting better because all these other guys, Bam, Tyler, Duncan, they're all going to get better from last year, this year. I'm confident of that. Can the continuity stay the same? That's what I'm keeping my eye on. I uh, I think it will. I, I, I'm confident it will. I hope it will. And I, and I think good things are coming for this Heat team this year. I think they enter... Even though Vegas clearly, obviously, of course, doesn't believe the Heat are the favorite, I think they enter the season as a slight favorite just because of that continuity in the roster. So we, we will see if I'm right. And these next few weeks will go a long way towards giving us a glimpse of what to expect December 22nd. So, yeah, that's what hopefully we'll, we have a good training camp. Everyone stays healthy. No no positive tests as we head towards December 22nd and everything's cool. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's it for today. Remember guys go to Apple podcasts, subscribe, rate and review. If you haven't already done it helps, helps the podcast out in a big, big way. Help us potentially get into the charts. You know, the whole deal. Once we get into the season, things start blowing up, help us get there. And until next week, I'll see you. I'll see you same time. But until then, as always. Heat Nation. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.